Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. So more states have lifted their mask mandates um, like uh, Florida have all for a while now and had Mississippi and I think Arizona and Texas in particular that I'm going to focus on a little bit in this intro because um, Governor Greg Abbott came out earlier this week. Uh, I think it was on Texas Independence Day of all days. Uh, I mean, that, that was nice. And so. Yeah, so he lifted the mask mandate, and I guess the fact that that has happened, I guess we should give a round of applause. So that's all, because I'm not even going to play the applause sound for that because it doesn't deserve it, because this is something he shouldn't have done in the first place. So to to think that he should get some sort of high praise and, you know, everyone, oh, he's such, such a great governor and it's always so conservative no no because he shouldn't have done that in the first place should have been like south dakota um like i've mentioned before christy gnome is i think is like is the governor that's do, been doing this as far as a pandemic better than any of them so yeah i'm not going to applaud someone for doing something they shouldn't have done in the first place the highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe
All right, welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, well, Instagram, Twitter is at Brian L. Bledsoe and at Trend Chat 24-7 on Facebook. So, again, like I mentioned, um, uh, uh, as far as the other governors, I'm just, just uh, focusing on Greg Abbott in, in particular. <laughs> um, it's, you know not going i don't think anyone it at least anyone that values freedom or or their um you know their civil liberties as far as what's been going on the past year or so and it pretty much has been a year given this is march uh march now um where everything just went you know full lockdown and everything with the all the mandates and all that so um so yeah like whoop de do <laughs> I mean, shouldn't have done it in the first place, as I mentioned in the intro. And also, now, Texas, as well as the other states, has lifted the mask mandate, you know, from a go- from the government um, making the mandate. But I think all of them have said that businesses have the choice to either continue the mask mandate or not. And again, that's how it should have been in the first place. Now, I, I know I saw um, an article in one publication talking about where uh, businesses feel like um, that, you know, with these states or lifting mass mandates are basically going to put them in a, um, I guess, in a precarious situation or at least a um, a situation where they have to choose for themselves, which in that case, well, boo-hoo, um, for one. I mean, you run your business like you want to run it, and you shouldn't be depending on the government as an excuse for your policies because that's basically what we're doing now. And these corporations, you know, they was loving the fact that they could use the government as an excuse for their policies. So, so when it comes to the mask mandate, if anyone wanted to disagree, they could just say, well, it's not our policy. We're that's what the county said. That's what the the state has decreed that we must have mass mandates. It's not on it's not on us. It's not our decision. We're just doing what the government says. And now you don't have that excuse anymore. So now you have to defend your own policies, <laughs> which, like I said before, and I think I'm going to keep saying this, how it should have been in the first place. If you want to continue the mass mandates, that's totally up to you as a business. If you, you know, and that's up to the consumers as far as um, if the customers want to come in and, you know, if they see that you're having a mass mandate and not want to shop there, that's their decision. If they see you have a, don't have a mass mandate and choose not to shop there, that's their decision as well. That's how this is supposed to work. You choose how, which, how you're going to live your life and how you're going to run your business. It's not, you know, the government shouldn't have been involved in this decision in the first place. Um, but that being said, you know, a matter of fact, um, since I well, I haven't even mentioned, we're going to play interviews from CPAC 2021 from last week down in Orlando. And we'll matter of fact, um, let me go ahead and say we'll have Allison Santafonte from Live Action, Mike Gonzalez from Heritage um, Heritage Foundation. And Representative Burgess Owens. So, you know, someone, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, have heard 
a few, you know, a number of times we had him on. He, matter of fact, he was the first person I, I interviewed, uh, ever. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so yeah, so we're going to have those interviews. And so I mentioned, mentioning that not only to let you know <laughs> what's coming up, but also in an example about CPAC in particular, because, uh, for one, obviously it was different than last year. Matter of fact, CPAC was the, like one of the last large events before all the lockdowns happened last year. And it's like one of the first ones since then. <laughs> and, and so in this case, we're talking about Orlando or Orange County in particular, and also Hyatt hotels, which that was the place that, um, that held CPAC. So, so also this goes back to what I mentioned probably a couple of times before is that it doesn't matter about the state in particular when it comes to some of these regulations that are coming out, whether it is mass mandates and all that, because, okay, we're talking about Florida here. CPAC was in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Florida is a red state, you know, governor Ron DeSantis, who, um, who I think is one of the better <laughs> governors that handled this as well. Um, I'm just, you know, yeah anyway <laughs> um so all right you have a red state but again as i've mentioned numerous times is that just because the state is red most likely the the city that a lot of these events are going to be held are going to be run by democrats liberals progressives taking choice communists socialists whatever so um so in this case we're talking about orlando orlando again just like any other major city is run by mostly liberals and so they have the mass mandate in the county in in this um city and also so with that you have so orange this orange county where orlando is and so with that hyatt hotels you know going along with the county mandate because that's what the county says and so now you have to wear a mask at cpac which I will say for the first day in particular caused a lot of, um, <laughs> uh, I guess, well, it's not confusion, but more contention. Um, I feel like there were, for one, this is a uh, criticism for uh, CPAC in particular for on two um, things, actually, where I think CPAC should have really made the made it clear about what's going to go on in this private business. Oh, and also because of the county as well, but also the business itself has said that people are required to wear a mask during this event. And that's something that, I mean, look, they, I'm not saying they didn't mention it because it, it was in when you register and all that, it's in there. But I think to get ahead of any confrontation that, um, well, I, I, maybe they didn't want to. <laughs> Um, I don't know, but yeah, they, sh I, I feel like they should have just to let people know. And, um, and uh, on another case, there was another issue involving media where they, uh, because of the social distancing in the main ballroom where all the speeches, the main speeches were uh, for media in particular, also attendees, there were, I mean, this is not surprising that there were going to be a limited capacity. If it wasn't going to be full, like always, uh, but in the sense for media in particular, I could just speak for this, you know, as, as for me, I was there as a meet as a media credentials and everything. But, um, 
I didn't find out that where you they had such a limited capacity for media where you couldn't even go in the main ballroom. And a lot of it was determined who was going to be inside the main ballroom, depending on like the relevance or your outlet or, you know, pretty much the big outlets were able to be in your Foxes, your CNNs, your NBCs, any, any of them or the major like Washington Post, maybe or, or any of them that was there or even just the Orlando Sentinel. I think that's the the local paper down there. And um, so, you know, a small podcast like Trench at here. <laughs> so the odds of us getting one of those passes to be in the main ballroom for the limited capacity was slim to none. So um, but I didn't know that until I got there to the first day, well, technically the first day on Friday when I tried to go in and like, do you have a ticket? So you had to sign up for an, another pass to get in the ballroom. So you already had your media credential, but you need another, another pretty much credential to get into the main ballroom, which I didn't know about until then. I didn't see any information, uh, any uh, communication about that until that point. So I don't, I don't know, but I, I can't fault CPAC too much. I mean, this is a whole new situation that they're dealing with and, Everything I'm pretty sure um just putting this event together was was <laughs> a feat upon itself than usual on top of just moving from the normal location of DC down to Orlando and all that. So I mean, but that's just what happened. So um but yeah, so that being said, all that you know kind of I guess kind of get that out of the way about CPAC because for the most part I had a good time. Um I didn't stay for um president trump's um uh, speech on sunday because again with the whole um limited capacity especially for media i knew if i wasn't gonna get in on friday or saturday when everyone else was speaking i know i wasn't gonna get in on sunday so it was no point of me being there i would just be watching it on tv in the overflow room you know down the hall which i mean i could watch it on tv anywhere so i can so i so i just went on went ahead and le- left and I also another thing you know security and all that so what's the point of going through all the security just to watch it on tv so um anyway um just i guess to get that negative part of it because again like i said i had a good time and like i said we're gonna play some interviews uh some of them because we're gonna play the other three that we got next week or in uh in seven days or so let me not say that because i'm it might be longer than seven days who knows so, again, like I said, we have Allison Centafonte from Live Action, Mike Gonzalez from the Heritage Foundation, and Representative Burgess Owens. And so, going back to the example about with um, the mask mandates and, and what happened down at CPAC, like I said, the first day it was kind of, you know, rocky between the staff and <laughs> everyone that were attending CPAC and just, you know, basically annoyed with the mass mandate. But I also think there was a disconnect in the sense of where you thought, okay, I'm in Florida, right? I'm in a red state. They don't have a mass mandate, so I shouldn't have to wear a mask. But you're still forgetting about what where the county is going to land on it and also where the city is going to land. And on top of that, where the business is going to go to and where they're what their policy is. There's a number of steps after that. So just because the state has taken away the mandate, you still have to, you know, have to worry about what the what the county is going to um, agree to and what's the what the business that you're going to. So in this case, it would be Hyatt. So if they're if um if a business like Hyatt is still requiring mass, then, you know, 
as a private business, that's their right to do that. And if you don't like it, you know, I mean, there was a number of people that were uh, kicked out for, you know, violating their policy. That's basically and it's just like any other policy at, at any other store, actually. Um, it's just this particular issue about masks is kind of being highlighted because of everything that's been going along with it. But, you know, uh, whether we're talking about, you know, Walmart or any if any business, um, like the mask mandate is not the only thing that's that's a policy for um, for that whatever business you're going to. This just the one that is being, you know, got a spotlight on it. But um, so, yeah. So if uh, if that's what they're asking to do, then you as a customer have the choice to either continue to go in and abide by their policy or not go in. So and that's your right. And that's their right for um for their uh, policy. Uh, but again, in this case, it wasn't even just that. It was like I said, it was a county mandate. And um, I and I'm just gonna keep saying because you know I think I don't know. I can understand what's going on as far as when it comes to trying to put together an event. Is that um, even though you're gonna run into this pretty much at every major, you know, you know metropolitan area uh, any major city or something like that you're going to run to this issue like i said regardless of the state so if you're trying to put together an event you're going to try to go to one of these cities that being and that being said but once you do that then you have to you know you're going to have to deal with a lot uh, a lot more progressives and liberals in that area as opposed to if you went to a, uh, maybe a suburb or more of a rural area where you wouldn't have that much, um, um, you know, uh, much of a fight back and forth about it. So, but in doing that, if you schedule an event, then you got to consider the the travel of your attendees and where they're coming from and, and what, you know, what people are willing to do if they're willing to, you know, like said, let's say if they flew into Orlando and but the event is in a county that's maybe 30 40 minutes away so you have to fly in i'm just saying like a, like an attendee regular attendee had to fly into orlando then they had to rent a car to because they most likely won't have a, a a shuttle like most hotels do from the airport there they will have to probably have to rent a car and then drive another hour <laughs> to another county that is more friendly, I guess, in, in the sense as far as or lenient towards um, not enforcing or, or not even having a mask mandate. And so for this particular issue, are you going to do all of that just for this? Just so, you know, you won't have to deal with the mask mandate. Now, I know a lot of people probably hearing that like, yeah, I would do that. But you got trying to consider how many people we're talking about. So um, I actually think that's something a lot of organizations should actually ask <laughs> they should, should just put it out there like we're we're thinking of doing an event this year and you know how it is as far as you know regardless of the state if we pick a, a major city we're going to have to deal with a lot more um you know stringent mandates regardless of what the state has um has done would you like if i was putting out a survey to um, potential attendees, I would just put it out. Would you rather 
have the convenience of having it in a you know major city where you can just go to the airport and just you know and it's a short ride to your hotel and all that and enjoy wherever the event is or would you rather have it in a area that is um more lenient more freedom loving if you want to put it that way to another area but you will have to take a longer drive you have to you know you have to go out you know outside of the city or to like i said to maybe a suburb area or maybe to like a, even a rural area to where you can you know where you don't have to deal with nearly as much other mandates and regulations i think that's something you know they should put out there if whatever event that's coming up anyway uh, a lot has happened <laughs> And, um, since the last episode and just wanted to, and after just thinking about it, just looking at everything that I've put down ever since the last episode, which, you know, there have been a, a couple of reasons for that. And, um, actually we're, we're getting that after a word from, um, expressions. This is Lacey Williams, the founder and president of Expressions Magazine, letting you know that you can order our quarterly magazine and support female conservatives by visiting express-conservatism.com or you can follow us on social media on Instagram with the username of expressions underscore conserve mag or on Twitter with the handle of at express underscore conserve. Get your copy today. What's going on, y'all? This is Brandon Tatum. Make sure you go to Trend Chat. Check it out. Listen to it. One of the best shows that I've ever been on. So make sure you go check it out, man. God bless y'all. want to keep america great but you don't know where to go to get some trump centric gear check out trumpmode.com and if you put in the code trendchat you get 10 percent off so at trumpmode.com they have flags coins mugs of course so go to trumpmode.com put in the code trendchat get 10 percent off again trumpmode.com with the code trendchat for 10 percent off all right so uh, <clears throat> um like i mentioned there you know, there have been um, a couple of reasons for, I guess, it's, I think it's been like maybe t- more than three weeks since the last episode. Um, and um, I will say there have been, in particular, I would just uh, mention three devs in that time. And one in particular that really just... Um, really uh, you know got to me and where it just you know where i you know i didn't even feel like doing the the, the podcast um well first off uh representative ron wright passed i mean all this happened since the last episode so i'm just letting you know then this happened a couple of weeks ago and he was my representative actually you know in washington and he's been on the podcast twice and I, you know, I visited him up in DC and you know, we've talked on the phone and, you know, we've, um, communicated, um, here and there on stuff on that's going on in DC. And, 
you know, he, uh, like I said, he passed away. He had, uh, he, he had lung cancer and, and also in, also in fighting that, um, with COVID that, um, came along. And so, uh, he was hospitalized for a while. And, and so with, um, with all the, all the complications, um, unfortunately he, um, he passed and, and like I said, that was maybe two or three weeks ago. And I've guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop mother nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. No, I mentioned when talking with others about Representative Wright is that, um, and I've mentioned this before about where I live in particular, that I have the, you know, um, just the unusual, um, fortune of actually liking and respecting my <laughs> representatives for the most part in my particular, in my area. So I would, I'm saying that in, in particular for representative, right. Was my representative and he was a, you know, staunch conservative and someone that I related to and definitely and agreed with for the pretty much, I was probably said 90, 90, 95% all of the time. I, I honestly don't even know what we disagreed on as far as policy goes. I, um, uh, well, unfortunately, cause he wasn't in office that long and we haven't talked about every policy issue. And so, yeah, so being the strong conservative that he was, um, I really, you know, appreciated having him as a representative up in Washington. And so in saying it and 
also having Senator Cruz as my senator. And, you know, I mean, you know, he's been on the podcast and I, you know, really respect him as well. And, and I guess, you know, all the stuff that happened with the Texas freeze, which I'll get into later on. And, and also to go on even further, even on the state level where, you know, I have like, you know, um, state rep Tony Tenderholt, which I, another, you know, he's my, my state rep and, you know, our, like him as well. He's he's great. So, so and that's not for someone. I mean, most people that work, you know, that are elected in, um, whether it's in Austin or in Washington, or just I, I tolerate them more than just. And I'm talking about Republicans in particular. More tolerate them more than actually, you know. It, it again. It kind of goes back to. Um, I'm more voting against a person than voting for whoever, whoever it is. That's normally how I'm voting. But in the case of representative, Wright, I was voting for Ron, Wright, And, and so, and that was, that was rare because for the most part, I'm always voting against whoever the, the, <laughs> the socialist Democrat that's normally running. So, um, so yeah, so, um, that was, uh, like I said, weeks ago, and um, we actually have gotten to the point now that we're looking at. I mean, it's eventual, you know, inevitable that it's going to have to talk about, you know, replacing uh, Representative Wright. So we're actually already going that route, and uh, there's a special election coming up in the 1st of May, I think. So, and also um, the widow. Um, Susan Wright is running in that race, in which I just found out there was 23 people that are going to be running in that race, which is just insane, especially on the Republican side. The fact there are so many running in on there where I feel like you just it's obviously going to be a runoff. So anyway, it's going to it's going to be even an, another election after the first one. There's going to be a runoff with all those people. It's got it's just bound to happen. So anyway, um, so with that. Uh, then uh again even on a more personal note um a friend of mine uh chris dillard um passed away uh, i think probably a week after that it's not even that i think it was like a couple of days afterwards but um you know he was someone um especially you know in the dallas fort worth area and that you know i would consider you know definitely consider a friend and and to hear him passing and then also hearing how it happened in, in the case of, uh, of suicide. Um, and it's just, um, that was, that one really just, I mean, for one, for someone that I knew and, and someone, I mean, we, every time we see each other at whether some, you know, an event somewhere, whether it's like a true Texas project or somewhere in, in, especially in Texas in particular, you know, we always take a picture together and, you know, you know, he was, I mean, for me, like if he was there, you know, the event was going to be fun at least because <laughs> we can talk and whatever like that. And, um, no, it was always good to see him. And, you know, we we would always just, you know, hang out, especially, you know, at the event or whatever. And, um, matter of fact, the last time I saw him at least was, um, at the, 
Texas scorecard uh, gala in December. And it, it's funny that I almost didn't, um, wouldn't have, wouldn't have saw him that day because we talked before and he, um, he mentioned about not going because at first we talked about, you know, we both want to go. I mean, we've gone time, you know, numerous times before, but, um, he was saying that he wasn't going to, wasn't going to go. And I was saying, look, it's not going to be the same if you're not going to, if you know, if you're not there, you know, cause I want him to be there again, just like I was saying, like, cause I'm always, you know, like hanging out with them, especially when, we, you know, some of these events is, and all that. And so, um, <clears throat> And, um, so yeah, and it's, um, like I say, he, he was saying he wasn't going to go and I, you know, kind of, you know, <laughs> kind of nudging them, say, Hey, come on, you know, come on, come on out and let's, you know, you know, hang out at the, at the dinner. And it's, you know, when I think back on the, I mean, we, we didn't talk every day. We didn't, I mean, talk often, really, but um, I just can't help but to, to think back on the, I guess, the most recent conversations we've had, and just wondering if I missed something, um, and wasn't really paying attention. Honestly, I mean, of all the stuff when talking about you know doing a podcast, I'm I, to be completely honest for, um, for um a couple of days after hearing about um Chris's death that's actually stuff I was thinking about um and so I wasn't thinking about doing anything anything about a podcast cuz I was wondering could you know was I did, did I miss something and, and did I just um not really pay attention I mean a lot of I mean when it comes to um issues like suicide. I mean, uh, the people that are close to the person always you know, tend to have these thoughts because he's like, you never would have thought this would happen to, you know, to this person. And like in talking about Chris, it seems, and when I think about it, it, it seems like the, what you hear a lot of times when it comes to, um, to things like this is that the people around them don't just like, I can't believe it happened to him. He was, um, you know, uh, you know, he was so, you know, happy. He was happy. He was always, you know, just the, you know, he, he would light up the room and stuff like that. I mean, stuff people that always say all the time, but he was the one that was outgoing and, you know, you know, take a picture with everybody and talking and like, he was the one that would be introducing me to people and say, Hey, this Brian, like, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, he knows everybody and all of that. And so, so yeah. Um, <sighs> But, um, but yeah, so that's, um, that really hit hard, um, to when, um, and knowing and hearing that news. And I guess one last thing I would mention is that it was just going back to the, to the conservative, um, leaders award gala where, you know, I've mentioned, that uh and so i won that award in 2019 and 
Chris was the person that nominated me. He's the one that he was the one that told me he was going to nominate me for that award, which I did not expect to win. <laughs> and, you know, you know, but, but, and I remember when he told me that he was nominating me, I just assumed he already had one, but he, he had, you know, he, he haven't been um, chosen to win that award, which I thought was just crazy. I remember when he was telling me about nominating me when, and then when I found out that he had haven't won uh, a Texas conservative leader award, I like, I mean, with everything that he does, like I said, for like true Texas project and, and numerous other things that, that he, that he do as a activist in Texas in particular, he de- deserves it much more than I do. And, um, I mean, and I was already going to, I mean, I nominated him for in, in 2020, but I'm going to nominate him again for this, this year. And I'm, I'm going to do it every year, actually. Um, he's the, you know, when I knew that, that's like, I'm going to nominate him every time for this award. And I think he was more, he was definitely more deserving than I was. And, you know, I don't know if they do uh, posthumous um, awards, but I, if they, I'm going to ask that they do, and I definitely hope they do. And I would, um, like I said, I'm going to continue that. So, so, um, um, at, so after that, um, it was something that was less personal, but still in hearing the news of Rush Limbaugh. And in the sense of Rush Limbaugh and hearing of, of, you know, hearing of him passing in the sense of that, where just this kind of goes back to my, I guess, beginning in my involvement or at least engagement in politics is that when, if, you know, long story short, you know, becoming a Christian or, you know, at least, you know, being I would consider a false convert and just actually making my faith my own and being serious about my faith as a Christian and, uh, and truly repenting, you know, and trusting in, in Jesus Christ. So this happened in 2007. And then just going in 2008, you know, obviously the election coming up, wanting to know for the first time to actually who I was voting for, as opposed to just voting for, you know, whoever my family told to vote for, and that was it, because I was totally apathetic, didn't care less about politics. Um, but going in 2008, wanted to know who I was going to vote for. And so I wanted to actually research. So, so if someone asked me why you voted for so-and-so, I can at least tell them why I voted for them because of this and that and like that. And so in doing that, just basically, you know, just doing research in the sense because I didn't know nothing about who a Democrat was or what Republicans, what they, what were their policies, what they stood for, what, um, none of that. Didn't know what a conservative mean, didn't know what a liberal mean, none of that. So in doing that, I listened to both sides. Um, and I'm saying this because this is where Rush Limbaugh's come, uh, come in is that, so I was listening to both sides. I was listening to Keith Oberman, uh, Stephanie Miller, and uh, I forget his actual name, but it was like the Black Eagle. This is all on Sirius Radio. And then on the right, I was listening to Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, um, 
Andrew Wilkow. And if I could, reason I was like, oh, that was on Sirius, but Rush Limbaugh wasn't on Sirius. But if um if I was driving, because you know, I was on the road, I was in truck driver back then on the road. If I if there was a network what where I was driving through that had him on, I would listen to um to Rush while I was driving through that area. So I I couldn't listen to Rush Limbaugh as much as I wanted to, but I knew that was another person I wanted to listen to on top of everyone else on Sirius. And so so yeah, so I listened to Rush Limbaugh and they said in the other three on the right and I'll listen to the others on the left. And then like I said, just to uh, cut it short, um after about a month or so, I know I wasn't agreeing with anything the you know, Oberman and all the liberals were talking about at that time. I wasn't agreeing with nothing they were talking about. Everything was was about like, you know, no let no no personal responsibility, basically like, you know, killing babies, you know, um totally over enabling illegal immigration and trying to take away you know uh gun control. It was all that would they were talking about over the course for whatever story they were talking about in that month or so. And it was all about, you know, taking um high taxes and like I wasn't agreeing with none of that they were talking about. And like I said, at that time, I didn't know anything about none of these <laughs> um, parties and all that anyway. So I wasn't agreeing with them. I was agreeing a lot more with Hannity and like I said, and Rush and everybody at that time. And, uh, you know, basically, and basically after that, the rest is history. So so that's kind of where when it comes to Rush Limbaugh, where I um, um And also one other thing is. Um, I'll. I would guess I would say Rush Limbaugh is was the reason for, I guess, my disinterest, um, my my growing disinterest when it comes to sports in particular, just because of the way sports and politics were kept coming together. And I remember when Rush Limbaugh was part of a owner owners group to potentially own the St. Louis Rams. Uh, I think it was, I forget, let me 2010. I forgot when it was, but anyway, I remember at that time, cause at that time I was a, you know, big uh, NFL fan in, in particular. I mean, my favorite team, Dallas Cowboys and what, and, you know, um, for years and all of that. And, you know, I was watching sports like crazy and I loved sports. I would listen to ESPN radio, listen to all of it um, from, <laughs> from sun up, sundown really. Um, on top of listening to everything else, but I really would listen to, to sports radio. So anyway, when that happened with uh, Rush was part of that owners group and then the NFL basically threw a fit and then you had all these owners and players coming out and they was just like saying like, we don't want a person like this owning a team and all that. We don't want him part of the NFL. And it was just like, and that just took me aback. I'm like, what? And like, 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 really? And it was, um, I remember one owner in particular, cause I, uh, the owner of the, uh, of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Mersey. I remember how he just went on this screed and how much he just couldn't, I can't, he, he definitely didn't want someone like Russell Ball uh, as part of the, of the, you know, one of the owners of, of an NFL team and all that. And just going to, the reason I remember that is because, um, I was actually planning a trip to take a couple of days off, I was planning a trip to go to Indianapolis and, and go to a game. 
and also not only go to a game, I was going to go, you know, to the other sites in, in Indianapolis. Cause I, I like Indianapolis as a, as a city. And I actually don't know why, but I do like Indianapolis. But I remember at that time I was already about planning that trip for a couple of months down the road. But when, when uh, Jim Ursay said that I was, I, I canceled the trip. I didn't go, I didn't go to the Indianapolis Colts game. Cause I just like, I like, you know what? no screw him <laughs> so I wasn't going to go so I, I that's why i remember him in particular there, there was others that were going that were against russell and bob being an owner anyway from that that was the beginning of me losing interest in sports it started from there because from that point i just i started losing a little bit i didn't i start caring less about watching the games it was just and it started and it went from that point and then it went down to I, I think of other situations like uh the Baltimore Colts and endorsing uh, not Baltimore I said that's a Baltimore Colts Baltimore Ravens <laughs> uh, Baltimore Ravens um they were like endorsing Obamacare and all of that then you then you had I remember the St. Louis Rams they were doing the whole hands up don't shoot you know um, live nonsense and then you know Colin Kaepernick I mean you can so it's but it started there <laughs> With uh, with what happened with um, Rush Limbaugh and the St. Louis Rams, and that whole um, whole story, so but so yeah, um, so yeah, that, those are the three things that kind of been going on um, since since then, and we're going to get to our interviews. Matter of fact, because I know we're coming up on time, and it's a lot has been going on, so. <laughs> And I'm just trying to get up to it, but y'all know me. I'm, 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 I try not to rant. I really do. Yeah. Cause I'll be looking at the time, but, um, but yeah, so we're going to get to our first interview. It's going to be with Alice Santafonte. And so we'll get to that after a word from matter of fact. Yeah. Um, young Americans against socialism. Hey guys, this is Morgan Zegers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you're interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! Hello, this is Trent Chat here at CPAC 2021, and we're with the, the Director of External Affairs for Live Action, Allison Citafonte. Did I get all that for you? You got it right. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, first off, I want to say, um, I guess in disclosure, I am a Live Action ambassador. Great. That's so, wonderful. So, uh, well, first off, um, uh, I'm, I'm, unlike previous years, uh, I'm not able to even go inside as media because of COVID and limit capacity. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even know what people are, are talking about, and I kind of feel bad, but I, I, I can't hear it. And That's okay. So, yeah, so uh, what were you talking about on stage? So we just did a panel on the hard questions around abortion. So we talked about things like life or health of the mother. We talked about, uh, you know, a little bit of some of the hard questions that people often get. And it was myself, Emily Burning from Let Them Live, and Representative Michelle Fishbach. So it was great. We talked about a lot of, you know, some people we know 
are very close to being pro-life, but there are some questions that kind of keep them from being fully pro-life. So we wanted to talk to that, and it was a really healthy conversation saying that, look, all babies are babies at the moment of conception. They all deserve our protection. They all deserve our care and love, and, and no matter what, that woman deserves to be supported, too. So I guess I can ask us, so what, are those, what, uh, what were some of those questions? Sure. So we talked about life or health of the mother. So right now in our country, abortion is legal in many places all the way up until birth. Um, and there's always the exception for the health of the mother. So we talked a bit about educating on that. The fact that Doe v. Bolton is a Supreme Court case that defined health of the mother to mean physical, but also financial, emotional, psychological health. And that's why uh, right now you can get an abortion for any reason. You could say it's causing headaches. You could say, I don't like it. I'm not feeling great. Um, and it's all legal. So we talked about that. We also talked about some of those really rare cases where, you know, you have to separate the mom and baby. Say the mom is experiencing uh, preeclampsia, high blood pressure. And we said, look, the goal would be to save both of their lives to do early delivery or a C-section, not a dismembering brutal, violent abortion that will kill the life of your child. And at Live Action, we've got tons of medical professionals who say, look, I always want to try and save them both, but the abortion industry will make money often off of these abortions. And so um, we always want to save both people no matter what's going on. I, one point I'm glad I got to make was the fact that... Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com slash news. What if your truck could conquer anything? The new 2021 Ram 1500 does it all with powerful towing capacity and top-notch technology. No wonder it won Motor Trend's Truck of the Year three years in a row. Make no payments for 90 days during the Make This the Summer event. Hurry in. This offer ends August 31st. Visit Listine Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram today or shop online at listinedodgejeep.net. On approved credit, first payment extended 90 days from contract. Interest accrues from date of contract. APR rate and terms may vary. Equal payments only. Must take delivery by 831-2021 through Chrysler Capital. See dealer for details. An abortion can take up to two to three days in the third trimester because it takes so long for the woman to dilate. And an emergency C-section takes under an hour or two. And so if there really is a life-threatening medical emergency and you do need to separate mom and baby, the answer would be a C-section or early delivery. It's faster. It actually cares more for the woman and the child. So that's what we talked about. Okay, so um, I know, um, well... Let's, well, I guess let's talk about the theme of uh, CPAC in particular called, you know, America Uncounseled. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts as far as when it comes to, I mean, live action in particular, I know it always is a target of council yeah. culture. So what, what do you think about the current culture of cancellation? Right? Great question. Great question. Yeah, well, people are being canceled for saying things that are truthful. Uh, and at live action, we've seen that happen where when we start talking about what an abortion is, what it does to a child... Facebook doesn't like it. Twitter doesn't like it. TikTok has removed us. Pinterest actually labeled us pornography and removed our entire account, which is wild. Because if you can go, if you go on Pinterest right now, you could look up DIY abortion, and you can see plenty of pins on how to DIY abort your baby. But you you will not find the largest pro life movement online on Pinterest because they've removed us and called us pornography. 
So it's it's heartbreaking, and we're, we're really proud of whistleblowers that come out and say, like, the only reason we knew what happened at Pinterest is because a whistleblower left and said, this is not okay. You're listed as pornography. And so his name's Eric Cochran. He's amazing. And we're going to keep fighting. We're going to fight these big superpowers that be for the ability to educate on life and save babies. Well, I guess it's not really a question. It's just um, for a personal note because um, I was going to go to the March for Life for the first time this year. <laughs> and um, I actually I emailed you about carrying the banner <laughs> for, yes, that, for, right. the, for the march. Yeah. And I was like, I was so heartbroken to find out that I wouldn't, that it was canceled and not able to do that. But um, like I said, that wasn't a question. That was just a statement. <laughs> no, that's okay. I wish, we, I wish it would have happened. It was just... Everyone had to pivot this year, yeah. But um, as I mentioned um, in the beginning, you know, I'm a live action ambassador. So if people, um, you know, for one, what is that for people that don't know? And um, if they want to, you know, think about the, to join as an ambassador, what would yeah. it be? Great question. Thank you. If you go on liveaction.org slash ambassadors, you can sign up, apply to become an ambassador, and you get plugged into exclusive trainings, emails, opportunities. I've got some ambassadors actually helping us staff the booth here at CPAC. So stuff like that. It'll be great to get to know each other. And we want to make sure that we're taking the six million eyes that are on us and getting them into really targeted education so that everyone can save lives in their own communities as well. So what Live Action has uh, coming up? Um, like, any plans? Great, great question. Yeah, we've got some really big projects coming out in 2021. Really excited about that. So make sure that you're following us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we'll launch some really cool things there. All right, and also, if people want to know more about Live Action and want to find on you know, social media, where would they go? They go to liveaction.org, and it's also liveaction.org online. All right. Thanks. Allison, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Trend Chat is proud to be a part of the Hashtag Life Tribe of Culture of Life as they seek to celebrate life through the world of fashion. Go to col1972.com and get 10% off your purchase when you enter the code Trend Chat. Tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side. War between good and evil, watching our fists collide. Battle for our freedom now, to the streets we ride. Flags waving all around, pages full of pride. This is where we make a stand, no more give or take. All right, so thanks to Allison for joining us. And yeah, like I said in the interview, um, you know, I've been an ambassador for live action for or a little over a year now. So it was great to to actually meet Allison in person for the first time. I mean, we've emailed a couple of times back and forth, but um, to actually, you know, to meet up and as you know, I was planning to go to the March for Life and all of that, as I mentioned in the interview and and that that fell apart i mean especially being up in dc because you know just like how cpac just moved down to orlando so um because you know the regulations up there of all places is is probably the most stringent given that it's uh, you know dc the dc area if you don't know so if you go back to the um, 2020 election and just basically you can go all the way back for years back (laughs) Um, just think about this, that D.C. is not was 93 percent for Joe Biden, 93 <laughs> percent as the District of Columbia. And 
even outside of that, so even in uh, the media area of, of uh, Virginia and Maryland around D.C., it's one of the most liberal places in the country. So, so yeah, their regulations and and all the amount of control they try to impose on everyone there is just astronomical in, in D.C. in particular. So, um, so yeah, so. So to try to have any sort of event like March for Life, they're they're going to basically try to they're they'll throw every obstacle in your way. <laughs> um, especially if you're a conservative organization. If you Black Lives Matter, you can just run around naked if you want to. But uh anyway, I know we were talking about um the theme in that interview because the so the theme of CPAC was America Uncounseled. And talking about live action particularly in the interview just just thinking about other things because um like aunt jemima syrup you know if you don't know if you've been if you've been buying syrup i mean you probably have seen the change where they they basically canceled aunt jemima and changed the name so now it's called the pearl milling company kind of i guess it's going back to their roots in a sense so and, and just deciding to go with that a less offensive name for in their eyes i guess because aunt jemima was so horrible and um I, you know that company was founded back in 1888 so i'm i'm pretty sure if the woke crowd go out and um they i'm pretty sure they could find some racially insensitive things about the perlin miller company <laughs> and it'll be canceled too so and i mean you had the stuff with dr seuss and where you had um people finding all sorts of racially insensitive things in dr seuss and taking away some don't or not publishing some of those books and all of that because then you got mr potato head and wanted him to be more gen gentle neutral and i think they went back on that so <laughs> it just all this council culture and everything just uh, is offensive it just it is just maddening um and but but that's where we're at. And it actually kind of goes into my next interview, which I'm going to go straight into and which is, um, from Mike Gonzalez. Cause he, he wrote a book called the plot to change America and how identity politics is dividing the land of the free. And this was a last second interview. Cause I didn't know Mike was going to be there. I've heard him numerous times from heritage foundation on podcasts and talking about the book and all that. And I went by the Heritage Foundation booth down there in, um, um, uh, at the, so CPAC normally has this like exhibit hall that's, um, separate from where the main ballroom is and where you have exhibitors like Heritage Foundation, um, you know, leader institute, leadership institute, you know, all these different sponsors basically that are there and they're, and they have a booth and you can go by and ask about, their organization and all that. And he was at the booth for Hedges Foundation and um I almost still didn't recognize him um because you know everyone's wearing masks and everything. But he did have his badge on I saw and then like, oh yo Mike Gonzalez, you're here and um and honestly I didn't know he was gonna be there at all. If he if I knew that I would have been I feel I felt like that I wasn't as prepared for this because I had more questions because I've already I've been hearing him on on you know on different podcasts talking about the book and I really enjoyed what he what he was saying about the book you know 
about stuff that is in the book and all that. And so um, I had more questions, but it actually just <laughs> um, it, it went better than I thought because um, but I definitely had more questions that I just couldn't think of off the top of my head. So anyway, let's get, <laughs> let's get uh, right into our interview with uh, Mike Gonzalez. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and uh, we are very pleased to have Mike Gonzalez with us. Uh, he has a book called uh, "The Plot to Change America." I have uh, listened on the podcast, on podcasts, and on YouTube about it, and um, it's a great book. As a matter of fact, I will ask you about it. So, what people, uh, for people to know, like what is the plot to change America? So, uh, first of all, Brian, it's a great pleasure to be on with you. The plot to change America is so. Look, there are no secret meetings in in, in uh, Berkeley, California, or, or Cambridge, Massachusetts, on Thursday nights. What it is is this idea of dividing the country, reimagining the country as a confederation of categories, and then taking these categories and instilling in their members feelings of, of victimhood, grievances. What do I mean by categories? <clears throat> well, these are categories that can be based on on sex, on race on national origin, on gender, on gender identity, etc. Uh, even disability status. For example, let me give you, an, let me give you one example. Hispanics was created by, by the government in 1977 by the Office of Management and Budget. So the next step then is you fill, as I said, the members with, 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 with grievances in order for the members of the categories to change the country, to feel, to be, to, to feel like the country is so so systemically, structurally, and, 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 and structurally racist that you need to change all the institutions and all, this, the, all the structures and, all the, and the very system itself <clears throat> and, and then change the country. And that's the reason I call it the plot to change America. So, the, so the, rather than emphasize individual success, which is what you want in life, which is what we want, we want for all Americans, all 330 million to succeed and they and their families they say no do not succeed do not join the system but change the system and that's what's called the plot to change America yeah and they definitely can see that we're in the sense of we're in the, in the case of the welfare system and, and a lot of, and a lot of different ways especially with the, you know, this current administration it definitely seems like they're going to either encourage that and, and try to drop divide us even more oh very much so the, uh, the, the current administration the Biden administration and I think Vice President Kamala Harris has been the leader in this they emphasize but not hard just you know she's the, the most outspoken but President Joe Biden too uh, this idea that they're going to they don't want equality they don't want the government to treat individual Americans equally the other one is equity they emphasize equity they talk about equity all the time and equity is the the, the, the uh, unequal treatment of individual Americans according to which categories they belong to in order to obtain uh, equal outcomes as judged by group parity based on group parity or category parity this I so, so they they have really go whole hog on this and it's very dangerous because it really sees the country as as being inhabited by castes by by, by different castes of people <coughs> instead of being thinking of Americans <coughs> thinking of Americans as individuals so I know one um, one aspect of as far as when it comes to dividing everyone is the concept of intersectionality. Right. And for people that don't know, I, I, let me ask. You, so if people don't know what what is intersectionality. <laughs> so intersectionality was was started by a woman uh, named Kim, Kimberly Crenshaw, who believe who who is a big believer in, in critical race theory. And what she says is, <clears throat> you can have you can belong to different categories of the oppressed. For example, you can be 
a woman who is uh, African-American, who is Hispanic, who is disabled. And you have there different levels of oppression. So that, again, goes back <coughs> to thinking of people as, as being oppressed. There are many people with setbacks in life, or no matter what, they, you know, they're, 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 to what group they belong to, who succeed. You know, to think of people, there are victims in society, and we should help people who are victims. Uh, that's the reason why we have a needs-based uh, approach in government that we help Americans who are suffering. But to say that just as a member of a category, you are entitled to compensatory justice, and that is, that's the beginning of the problem. Yeah, it just makes it seem like um, they're making, I guess it's like the exception, not the rule, because they just make it like, well, no one can get by because uh, this quote-unquote systemic um, racism. Right, it establishes a social disadvantage at birth. And even if you succeed in life, it says, well, you still have the social disadvantage. It says, what it says is to be, to, to be, uh, to have the last name Gonzalez, such as I do, but to be black is, is a stigma. But we have to overcome all these things. Obviously, there are many racists in America. And unfortunately, I think racist people are always going to be with us. It's, part of, it's, it's one of our flaws as humans. We're, we're very, the human being is a very flawed person. And, and, and we, you know, but, but... Evil is always present. Evil is always going to be with us. That's exactly <laughs> right, Brian. Um, what government needs to do is to make sure... We used to, we used to live in a time... <coughs> when the government did not treat people equally because of their race. That did not work out very well. In fact, it worked out very badly. We need to, we're very happy, we're very glad we ended it with, with, the, with the civil rights movement. We should not go back to that. Now, it seems like um, in one sense where we have um, the so-called uh, Equality Act, which is just passed, um, for, I guess if people don't know like um, about that um, Equality Act, like, what was all... There's a lot that was in it, but I guess if you give like a brief summary of what it was. Well, I, <clears throat> the Equality Act is not really something I look at. It's 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 ironic that the only time the administration uses equality is is, is in this realm. Uh, what it is is it says to religious people, you cannot live by your dogma. You cannot live your religion. So if your religion says that, uh, for example, that you cannot change your sex. Um, you cannot live by that in your public life. You have to accept that, yes, people can change their sex, uh, that, that, that sex is not binary, and, and you cannot act uh, in a way in public, in, a, in, in your public life, that, you know, that, that denies that. Um, that is a problem for religious people and religious institutions. Now, the, go back to the book. Now, the title being the plot to change America, and like you mentioned in the beginning, like it's not where you have a whole bunch of people just meeting in the back room. Like it's literally just a philosophy that everyone yes. has, That's right. and they're just sharing it. And right. they don't need to meet somewhere right. because they all think the same anyway. Right? Yeah. That's right. There's no, there's no conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not the conspiracy to change America. It's the fact that the philosophy, as you said, Brian, the philosophy that animates 
the behavior of all the people involved in this is the same. They want to transform the country. And it comes from education, especially, you know, all the way from K through 12, where they're just basically <laughs> instilling these little seeds, you know, to children. And basically then they really just expound on it when they get to college to the point of where they get to the professional life. And they just basically where we at now, where we have Coca-Cola out there talking about being, you know, trying to be less white. And all this is going on in, in corporate America that just has grown from education, really. Brian, you, you just... <laughs> You explain it a lot better than I do. Oh. That's the reason you have a podcast and I don't. Uh, no, I, well, I don't know. That's just that's just something I was just thinking about because it just has. It's that's where it came from. I mean, and because a lot of times when we talk about, they say um, about like a conspiracy, make it seem like it's all some people meeting them, right. but it's not like that. I mean, people just all think the same, and they like they don't need to meet. Right. You know? right. They just right. know, like, okay, I know you don't like a certain thing, and yeah. you know, so we just don't need to do that. Right. Yeah, like I said, about education, I just, I can easily see that. I mean, because you see it all the time. Like like I said, I mentioned about Coca-Cola and all these other corporations. I mean, they're just been bending to the wheel of what has been, you know, spouted in all these college institutions. And, I mean, that's just where they're going right now until, you know, we as conservatives fight back and actually stand up and actually take over, you know, now you ain't got to have to really take over the, the institutions, but at least be there. And don't abandon like we have so many years. Again, you explained it very well. We have lost all the cultural institutions. We need to understand as conservatives that narrative matters, that, that the school matters, the academy matters, the media matters, uh, and we need to go back and say, no, you cannot have, this cannot be as lopsided as it is. You can, this cannot be a, a situation where college professors are now in every department, but especially in, in the humanities, you know, 95% or above are not just liberal, but very liberal, and conservatives don't have a voice. Yeah. I mean, we need to at least have an alternative, and but that's we don't have one. And in, in all these institutions, really, it's really all of them, we're like in the vast minority in them, except, when, except in one when it comes to politics. And, but we focus so much on it, and we just abandon everything else. I mean, yeah, it's like half and half in politics, and we just left everything else. Talk, talk radio is the only thing we have. Yeah, well, yeah, and that too. So, you know, thank you so much for your time. I mean, uh, this was very <laughs> unexpected because I didn't know you were going to be here, but I'm glad I had a couple of minutes to talk with you about the book. Well, I'm very happy to have met you, actually. I think you, you are a very good spokesman for all these issues. Thank you. Oh, th thank you. Thank you so much. You oh, if people want to um, you know, find you on online and social media, what would you do? Well, you go to heritage.org. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Gundisalvas, G-U-N-D-I-S-A-L-V-U-S, as Gonzalez in Latin. And they can go to Amazon and look for the plot to change America, how identity politics is dividing the land of the free. All right. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. All right. So, yeah, and um, um, that was, again, like I said, that was a very impromptu interview in the sense of, but um, I, but of all of them, I think that's kind of like one of my favorites in the sense of just being able to, and talking about um, all, all of that that's going on. And kind of like what I was mentioning, mentioning about where the, like the, um, the theme of CPAC, well, actually, we didn't get into that. I think we talked about it maybe afterwards when I, after I turned off the recorder about again, when I, what I asked Allison about, uh, America on council and all of that. So, and before we get to our last one, um, just to kind of go in the vein of council culture that's going on, 
Matter of fact, I think since the last episode, I know I talk about the Mandalorian a lot um, when I, you know, not a lot, I guess, but I have spoken about it on the podcast. And that being said, um, one of the stars of that show, Gina Carano, was fired from Lucasfilm Disney um, uh, for quote unquote controversial statements that she's um, posted on social media. And, um, but in that time, she has now partnered with the Daily Wire with, um, you know, Ben Shapiro and uh, Jeremy Boren, all of them. And so they're looking to make a film. I mean, they already have Daily Wire has already made a film um, called, I think, uh, Run, Hot Fight. I, th- I think that's right. But um, and so they're looking to do a film with uh, with Gina. So um, don't know how long that's going to be to that come out. But uh, that's kind of going back to what I was saying with with Mike as far as an alternative. So like we need an alternative in these institutions. So whether it is in education or in media, in this case, talking about Gina Carano as far as entertainment, having a, a alternative from the, from all the entertainment media that is basically one sided, like all of them for the most part are pretty much very Democrat, liberal, progressive, all, and their stories are all, um, slanted that way. So you have, um, you are having pretty much every show. There's something where they're promoting some form of progressivism in the sense. Um, I guess I can go back to, to, I get well to the, the last show I watched, um, yesterday. So CW has, uh, guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. You can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. They have a show for about Superman, so Superman and Lois. And, um... Uh, I, I know now I like the show, but I'm just thinking about something where like, so like in that show you have Lois Lane, who is ba- if, if you watch by watching the show, um, she's pretty much your typical liberal journalist, <laughs> pretty much. And she is, and the show is, has framed the, like, so there's a guy in, um, on the show, that is partic- basically he's a capitalist and he is and they're and they're framing him as the bad guy because like you know she's using words Lois Lane be saying like well he doesn't pay them a living wage and um and um and he's against unionization and all of that and so basically just trying to frame him as the bad guy because because of that and so and so yeah so it's stuff like that and um and that's every it's pretty much every show has probably going to have some 
form of it one way or another in there. Um, I remember, um, um, yeah, it just, so, and so, yeah, so now with, with the, with, 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 with what is going on, get it, get it out, Brian, with what is going on with Gina Carano, uh, to now where daily wire maybe hit will be the beginning of a alternative, a good alternative for people, um, in entertainment, um, overall just like jobs and being able to because a lot of a lot of people in not only just in entertainment a lot of people maybe are not liberal democrats or you know socialists or whatever they maybe they're not but they know they can't speak out they can't be they can't be outspoken about their politics like no like they can just like in the sense of let's go with star wars in particular talking about gina carano with the mandalorian let's just talk about the last episode of the mandalorian you had two people who were basically on opposite sides but one is fired and one is one has no problem and and in this case we're talking about gina carano who was fired but yet you have mark hamill who was on on the last episode of the mandalorian who is a very outspoken liberal and no one says boo to him no one says nothing to him and it it is not just because he's luke skywalker it ain't because of that it's because he's liberal and they agree with that so they have no problem with him saying anything about whether no matter how disparaging it is or how much he's tried to mock uh, conservatives and christians or whatever like that they don't care because they they agree with them but you know someone like gina she says anything you know conservative or even that's not progressive or democrat she's fired so so just in that right there but um anyway that's just another case of talking about this whole council culture and where you know so she was fired because of that and one thing also is that you know, in making this alternative, um, in, in entertainment, um, unfortunately, I, I can't, unfortunately, I don't think it could ever be a competitor, um, to a, like a Disney plus or Netflix or anything like that. Um, but it's good to have alternative. All the re- reason I'm saying that is because it's always going to be marginalized as conservative entertainment, as opposed to just kind of like the news media where, you have um, just news, quote unquote news, whether it's like CNN, MSNBC or NBC or CBS, ABC. And all, all, they're just considered news. But yet everyone else, so like your Blaze TV, Daily Wire, stuff like that, or Daily Caller, they're, they're considered conservative news as opposed to where if what it really is, is that, you know, cons- you know, CNN and all them, they're basically liberal. If you want at the very at, to be as objective as possible that you can set it at least left for center at least and the others are right of center but they but cnn and all these have basically and people have bought into this where they believe cnn abc nbc are objective media and and you have everyone that has made it and they have framed Fox News and all of them as conservatives. And so that's how it's going to look at look at um entertainment. It's going to come across as conservative entertainment. So it always be marginalized in that sense. And regardless of how we want to make it seem like we think it's just entertainment, but they're the media, you know, all of them are going to keep try to brand it as like this is just for the right. And, and we're and meanwhile Disney all of us, we're for everyone 
even though they're not for everyone because they have nothing but liberal storylines and, and then there's nothing conservative in, in a lot of these. And if, and if it is conservative, it's unintentional. <laughs> it just kind of comes out and you kind of, you know, in, in some of the storylines because it just, you know, in a lot of cases they have these conservative thoughts and, or, or, or very, at the very least are capitalistic, but they don't want to say it. And it kind of comes out um, in some cases. Anyway, um, I'm just sticking with the council part of it too, because, um, another thing that's happened since the last episode is that we had the Texas freeze that happened and it's not just Texas. It was just pretty much a, a good majority of the country, but just in Texas in particular, where you had the grid uh, fail in, in most of Texas and all of that. And I'm pretty sure with everything that's going on with the grid that happened back then a couple of weeks ago. Now everyone knows that Texas have their own electrical grid as opposed to the rest of the country have a Eastern and a Western grid. And I'm pretty sure the Democrats in on the state level, especially are going to push to try to get Texas to be a part of one of the, <laughs> one of the other grids and all of that to ba to further entangle ourselves and with the, uh, with the federal government. Cause that's what Democrats do. They always want to grow government. And um, so, um, but in saying that, you know, I mean, that was just a unprecedented time with, you know, how how cold it was in the snow and all of that. I was stuck in Florida because um, I was actually in Dallas on the day of that huge wreck that happened in Fort Worth. Like had over 100 cars and vehicles that were that was involved in that accident. Um, and I was there. And I looked at the forecast and I saw it was going to get colder and worse than that. I just said, okay, it's time to go. So I, <laughs> I got, I got a load and I got as far south as I could. Um, and you know, like, and I got to Florida, I got to Pensacola, Florida. And, um, and then it went all froze over. I, and I'm saying this because this goes back to, like I mentioned earlier about Senator Cruz. So there was a huge controversy with Senator Cruz where he uh, took his family to Cancun after, you know, during the whole freeze and everyone just went at him. I mean, he got it from both sides <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't begrudge Senator Cruz for, for leaving. I mean, everyone like, Oh, like, how can you leave, leave your people and all of that? Like, for one, for one, I don't begrudge him simply for the fact of having the, the the resources to leave. Again, I had the means and resources to leave, and I saw that it was about to get worse, and I got out of there. I went to Florida, and I sat there for three days, mainly because there was no loads, because everything was pretty much stuck. The, there were, the roads were were still froze, and where I was, I couldn't really go anywhere anyway. So, um, but yeah, so if you have the means and resources to get, you know, get your family out of a terrible situation, why, why not leave? <laughs> and, um, and also on the fact that this, what was going on, especially with the power outages and everything, that was a state issue. Um, there was nothing that he could really do other than, other than really just be there for a photo op, to be honest. Because if you're talking about, oh, he could be helping out or, you know, giving out water or doing this, and this all that could be done by his office, by people, by other people, like 
he didn't you don't have to be there personally for any of that unless you just want to have your picture taken like look at me handing handing over a case of water to somebody and take it you know you literally could he didn't have to be there for that anything he could have done especially with everything that's been going on with covid can be done remotely especially now and isn't that what a lot of these progressives and liberals want now? They want <laughs> they didn't want anyone to come together anyway. But now because of this, because it, you know, it was easy for them to use this as anything to try to denigrate um, Senator Cruz and a Republican. I mean, and look, I understand it doesn't look good on politically um, in the sense um, of that. OK, he went to Cancun, but as far as the controversy and how it was uh, so overblown, it's just uh, ridiculous. And um, so, yeah. And, you know, that was, again, another center where, you know, uh, I mean, he was already getting uh, plenty of calls of, to resign over the, um, the, uh, the first impeachment. And then the second one, as far as for president Trump and went, you know, uh, as far as Democrats trying to, put everything that happened in, on January 6th on <laughs> on President Trump and he voted against against that impeachment and then you got you know plenty of democrat groups out in Texas trying to get him to resign and you I see the billboards and all of that so uh so with that and then also with with this thing in Cancun it just kind of is you know uh unfortunately just adding more fuel to the fire but um but yeah um it, 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 it was funny he was actually he actually made a joke about it at cpac he, when he spoke but um again i could i i didn't really hear it until like after the fact because again i wasn't able to be in the main ballroom because the media was anyway not going back on that anyway um one last one um it's gonna be with um the first inter- interview i ever done was with burgess owens former NFL great for um, uh, Oakland Raiders in particular. I think there was uh, other teams I've, I've forgotten. I actually saw someone at CPAC with an Oakland Raiders jersey for him to sign. And, and um, and but yeah, so he was the first person I interviewed, I think maybe three or four years ago at CPAC. And we, you know, he's been on a couple of times and um, it's just a uh, to see how things have changed since then to now. And so now he is representative Burgess Owens out, you know, in, in Utah. And so, um, I was able to get a chance to, to speak with him. And so, uh, without further ado, here's our interview with representative Owens. Thanks. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so, you, I, I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, it's, Jeez. well, so this is Trend Chat with CPAC uh, 2021, and we have a returning guest. Matter of fact, for Trend Chat, my first interview for my podcast was with Burgess Owens when he, yeah, well. when we did the, um, you had the book coming out. Matter of fact, it was before the book, yeah. and you've been on before. And now I have the privilege and honor to call you Representative Burgess Owens. How are you doing? Thank you so much. And I remember we did, we did something like this at uh, CPAC maybe two years ago. So yeah, uh, it's, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's, yeah. It's, it's, so I, I mean. Just think about the from like I said, the first, you were the first person I remember when I was up in DC and I was trying to find people to talk to, and I, you know, and we got a chance to get together and we talked, and then we also you know did a like an hour long interview over the phone and everything yeah. talking about your book. So 
I guess first thing, <laughs> given that we're not even at DC for for this CPAC, but you're up in DC now, so I guess how is it? How's the environment up there right now? You know what? It's it's it's, it's different. Uh, it's it's not what's normal, but we're not in normal times now. I will say this. We're at a point where we're seeing more contrast than ever before. That's what the American people need at this point. Uh, I mean, we, we're people that really gets into empathy. We love to feel what other people are feeling so we can make some changes and make sure we can help them out. Uh, there's a little difference when we get into sympathy. Sympathy is we, we live our lives, we feel sorry for folks, we just wish the best of them, but we move on and live our American dream. We're now at a point where the American dream is being uh, threatened by everybody, for everybody. People can't go to work. People can't go to can't put their kids in school. They can't go worship. And those kind of things, no matter what side of the aisle we're on, no one likes that. So we're at a point now we're going to have more conversations together as, as a, with, with the people. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about being having the chance to be on the field of action when all this is going on. So we have conversations like this. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not just kind of watching from the outside in. So I, I love the opportunity. I'm just so thankful that American people... Uh, or, or put us in the position we're in today and that Utahns allowed me to, to represent them. So what, I guess, what can you take from the football field that you can uh, apply to, you know, in, in D.C.? That's a good question. <laughs> a couple of things. Uh, first of all, my personality, for those who've uh, read the book, uh, The Five Love Languages, uh, service is mine. I love to serve. I can do it 24-7 and look for another hour to do so. And do so. The biggest thing I learned playing football I did, I did play the Super Bowl championship team, but 12 seasons before that were all losing seasons, from high school to college to seven years of the Jets. So what I did learn during those times when you cannot control the scoreboard, all you control, control is your hustle. You control your effort. You control how, how much time and effort and passion you put into what you're doing. And if you do it right and you, and you feel at the end of the day that you're getting a, a, a response and you did well for yourself, then you've actually won that little piece. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just hustling, getting the message out, uh, being as bold as I can to let people know that we have to fight for our freedom and that the left truly wants to steal it from us. They're all about theft. They're all about hatred. They're all about divisiveness. They can't even be happy when they win. They're just angry. So we cannot allow us to be pulled in that direction. Good people will always be pulled to the, to the light. We have to continue to, to, to fight to do that. Now, unfortunately, I was not able, you know, as media with COVID and everything, I wasn't able to be in the room. So I didn't even hear what you were even talking about. And I, and I, so if people people want to know what, what you talked we about. Talked, we had a really good panel, and we talked about the family, the nuclear family, the importance of that. And, and I had a chance to say, first of all, I was so blessed. I grew up in the Deep South. My first exposure to white Americans were 16 years old. But before that, it was all about a great family, a great community who believed in God, country, family, respect of women, and respect of authority. And because I grew up with that, I can now teach my kids the same thing. I can teach uh, my young man how to be a, a how my, my, my son to be a young man and how my, my five daughters to be, how to recognize one. Those are things because, we have to, because I experienced it. Our message was we have to make sure that many, many more of our kids are experiencing what it is to have a mom and a dad who cares for them, who works their trials to show what it is to have unconditional love, and that can only happen in a nuclear family. So we cannot let the godless left pull us away from what works and has always worked, uh, particularly in this country. All right, so uh, what... what um, things you're looking to work on up in D.C. Like, do you have a particular focus? Yes. I, my committees I'm part of um, is uh, education and labor. I'm very, very big on education. There's also judiciary. And within, within judiciary, I'll be working thing, on things like anti-trafficking, those kind of things. Already. Um, 
and uh, and of course small businesses. So we're gonna have to. It looks like we have to get going here. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. And like I said, the fact that we you know we spoke four years ago and seeing how far you come. I mean, look, people can't see me, but we're smiling, man, because like I'm just glad to you know that see. What's so awesome? I recognize you with the mask on. It's so cool. <laughs> it really is. I thank you so much for your time. You keep it going. I love the fact you have your ideas. And here's the deal: no matter where we are in this process, we're all part of a team. We do our little piece, whatever that piece might be, and together we win as long as we give the right message and, and just fight to keep our culture. All right, thank you so much for your time, you. Representative Owen. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so that was um that was cool. It was uh, like I was hoping I would get a chance to see him. I know he may not be there the whole time too. I was just like <laughs> that was probably the most I was walking around to make sure I was around to try to get to him because I mean now you know. Being a being a representative, trying to you know, uh, it's almost kind of like trying to have to get in there a little bit, you know. And it makes it a whole lot better when the person actually knows you. <laughs> so, um, as far as getting the interview, it kind of makes made it a whole lot quicker, as opposed to you know, because I mean, whenever it's not just uh, what are just you know, representatives to just any person of uh, of note, any of high profile, they're gonna have like a a. a a crew of people around them, <laughs> um, you know, what is people that are doing their schedule and all of that. So, so yeah, so that was cool. I really appreciate representative Owens for joining us and hopefully we may have him on again. Actually, we was planning to do something at March for life, kind of going back to the interview with um Allison, but, um, again, when that was canceled, so we, I didn't go up to DC. So anyway, that is, uh, that's it for the interview. So, um, matter of fact, next week, um, the next episode will have three more interviews from CPAC. We'll have a another interview with director Nick Loeb, who also you know starred in the movie Roe v. Wade that was premiered at CPAC, which I got a chance to see and I really enjoyed that. And so, so we'll have uh, that interview, and as well, and we'll have um, Aaron Phillips with Proud to Parent to talk about her organization, um, and so. And also we'll have after Kevin Sorbo, which again, that was something that came out of nowhere. Didn't expect that to happen, but I got a chance to speak with Kevin Sorbo. And so we'll play that interview in the next episode along with the other two as well. And so, um, before we go, obviously we are hitting on a 90 minute mark. I mean, I guess I'm just getting myself ready for the final episode. That's going to be, I'm planning to use all three hours for the <laughs> for the final episode. So we, I guess I'm getting myself ready for that. But before we go, uh, as always, um, we uh, have our uh, the locations. Um, as I look for the sound, um, I have some crazy stuff going on with my phone late, lately. And I can't find. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah. Oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> all right. So we definitely got to get to the locations. I mean, it's been weeks. So, so I know it's been weeks. So from, um, last time. So let's start with the cities. So we got Japur, India, Kolkata, India, Shani, India, Delhi, India, Parkville, Maryland, Patina, India, Longmount, Colorado, Dallas, Texas, or Acura, Acura, Ghana, now this is a new one. I don't think I've seen Ghana on him before. Uh, so yeah, Accra, Ghana, and Halton, Louisiana. Now as far as the countries go, it's, it's a couple. It's, it's a couple I haven't seen before. I don't think uh, Bolivia, Finland, I- Italy, Canada, uh, Ecuador. 
I don't think I've seen Ecuador before. Um, Netherlands, France, Ghana, like a big percentage in Ghana this um, in the past couple of weeks. And uh, India as well. And obviously United States. But percentage-wise, it's like 50% United States. <laughs> and the rest of it is all the other countries. And like India and Ghana is a, have a huge percentage in the those two. So I don't know. So thanks to people in, in um to everyone, but I mean, the guess I haven't seen Ghana before, so thank you to everyone who's listening in Ghana to, to Trend Chat. So um, that's all we have in for this episode. Um, I'm, if you've been listening t- to to this point, I truly appreciate it. I mean, thank you. Um, and like I said, we'll have more interviews from CPAC in the next episode. And as we count down this thing, what is this episode nine, the one ninety seven, <laughs> maybe one. I forgot actually, but um, we're getting close to 200 to our final episode and which will be just three hours. Um, actually, we have a, some interviews, uh, interview from CPAC that I'm actually holding until um, until the final episode, because we actually talked about, you know, the podcast coming to a close so um so yeah thank you for listening and until next episode we'll chat with you later guys as we get older we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance it happens but you can stop mother nature whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ed Call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.